What's up, y'all? It's Davin. Welcome to the podcast. If you've not been with me before, I'm so glad you're here. And if you have been with me before, I'm also glad you're here. But I'm aware that you might be wondering to yourself, did he change the name of the podcast? (laughs) Is there new cover art? And does he, in fact, have a mustache? (laughs) And the answer to all three of those things is yes. Yes, yes. True. Affirmative. I have changed the name of the podcast. I did update the cover art and I'm in my mustache era. What can I say? (laughs) I don't know how long it'll last, but apparently I'm committing to it enough to use it for the cover art of the newly named Free Your Voice, Free Your Life podcast. Anyway, roll with me here. Here's the deal with the name. You know, uh, if you've been hanging out with me for a while, you know that... um, Gosh, four and a half months ago, I launched my virtual group voice coaching program by the same name, Free Your Voice, Free Your Life. And the truth is, when I launched that program, I wasn't crazy about the name, but I really wanted to get the program off the ground. I was excited about doing it, and that was just sort of the name that came to my mind, naming explicitly what it is that I was trying to do, what it is that the program was geared toward, what it is that I promised it would deliver on. And, you know, in an effort to coach myself, I tried to move past my perfectionism and just tried to not be perfect and get it going. And so I did. I ran with the name. And um, I liked the fact that it sort of said explicitly what it was that we were about. But throughout the whole program, I kept thinking to myself, there's got to be a better way to say this. There's got to be something more succinct, less clunky. But on the very last session, of our program, of our gathering, someone said, (laughs) you know, the thing about this program is the name says exactly what it is. The name says exactly what it does. And my heart swelled. And I thought to myself, why are you overthinking this? Like, just call it what it is. Free your voice, free your life, and run with that. And this is inspiring a much bigger change for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I've loved the name, The Sound of You. I think it's cute. I think it's clever. It's all of the things that I want to be in my perfectionist ways. But it doesn't sort of say explicitly what it is that we're up to, what it is that we are collectively about you and I on this voice journey together. And so I've decided to roll with this Free Your Voice, Free Your Life name as a part of a bigger unfolding First here, the podcast, I am also going to launch another cohort, um, another Free Your Voice, Free Your Life cohort this fall. And if you want to uh, stay in the know about that, please visit DavinYoungsVoice.com. Get on my mailing list. Um, going to be an announcement about that soon. But truthfully, this is going to be part of a bigger branding, a part of a bigger shift. Um, yeah, I've got some other ideas up my sleeve that will be forthcoming But I wanted to start here with you, my friends, as a part of this podcast, just saying (laughs) right on the nose, right out in front, we are in the business of freeing our voices as a means of freeing our whole life. Now, speaking of the Free Your Voice, Free Your Life cohort, today's episode of the podcast digs into that in a really beautiful way. I invited um, one of the members of the first cohort, Mary Yu, to hang out with me and chat about her experience, but also just sort of give her the opportunity to do an AMA with me, to ask me anything, any sort of questions that came up with her as a result of um, being a part of the Free Your Voice, Free Your Life cohort, or just any curiosities she had Um, been considering about her voice or the voice in general. And I have to tell you, I did not know any of the questions she was going to ask me um, prior to our conversation, but man, she delivered. I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful human being that participated and offered me the opportunity in a beautiful, beautiful conversation. Mary is so vulnerable. She shares about her experience Um, feeling like an outsider, being an immigrant, and her relationship to her voice. With regards to that, she talks about an experience in her life where she was given a family secret and was told to hang on to it and how there were broader implications about silencing. And she just sort of gets how it is (laughs) that I want to connect the dots in this work. And it proves for a really, really 
rich conversation. And we even do just a little bit of coaching on the spot inadvertently because she asks me a question that I wonder if actually is meant to be another question. So I hope you enjoy this. I hope that you'll stay in touch with me. I hope that you will follow me down this free your voice, free your life path. And I hope that if you think others would benefit from the conversations I'm having here, um, that you might share them, share these conversations with them. Okay, so that's all I'm going to say here. Without further ado, my friends, my conversation with the incredible Mary Yu. All right. What's up, Mary? How's it going? I'm good. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Um, I'm really so happy to be with you in conversation and just happy that other people are going to get to know who you are in this world and a little bit about our connection with each other uh, when it comes to the voice. So Mary and I are just finishing up uh, my group coaching program called Free Your Voice, Free Your Life. It just ended last week. And um it was a pretty awesome experience for me. And I got that reflection back from the people that were a part of it. And Mary was a part of it. And uh, today, I just thought that the two of us might debrief a little bit and open up the space for um, any sort of additional questions that were triggered, you know, within you or that you've been thinking on, or maybe that you had before the program, and then, you know, have expanded since then. Um, but first of all, Mary, just tell us what brought you to doing this work with me and where does that fit in the grand scheme of your life? So yeah, I live in Chicago. I currently, I guess, work as a UX designer. Um, and I think I probably got an email from you um, just talking about the program. Um, I think that's probably how I found out about it. Um, or it could have been Instagram. I don't know. I've also been following you for a while. So it could be either way. Um, but I think that um, just I wanted to feel free. Mm. And I think <laughs> that I, I have felt uh, a little bit of stuckness and like a little bit of a blocker in my life. Um, I don't even know for how long. Um, and I the, the title of the program really spoke to me. Um, so that's yeah how I decided to sign up. And yeah. what's your relationship to singing? Yeah, so I started singing at a pretty young age. Um, my mom is also um, a lovely singer, and we used to like sing together, harmonize together, and I was a part of like choirs when I was growing up. Um, but I always felt that I can be, you know, really good with my head voice which is also a term that I didn't even know about before the program. Yeah. But I couldn't really use my chest voice or or that I don't have one. Um, so actually, there was an event that uh, my career coach, um, Gina, she invited me to like an event. Uh, she was like inviting me to sing the national anthem at an event. And I said, no, I can't do that. I didn't tell her why, but that was because I can't belt out sounds. I just felt like I was incapable of um, doing that before the program. I was saying before we got on, before we started recording that I have this bit of awareness around you that mm -hmm. I have observed, you know, kind of knowing you virtually, yeah. um, that there's this tension within you around really wanting to put yourself out there. I see it on social media. I see like, ways in which you continue to start. You're, you're very, it's very admirable. Um, mm -hmm. And then in conversation between the two of us, I feel this like resistance often. Mm -hmm. um, has that always been like that? And how has that shifted and changed? I mean, I think that this invitation to do the national anthem is what's sparking that question mm. within me because you want to do it. And then right. there's this feeling that you can't. Right. Yeah. I think that there is a little bit of shame maybe around just me engaging with singing or maybe just creative stuff in general. And it's sometimes a little hard to know where it comes from, but I think like the voice in my head is like wait you are gonna do that mm. you think you can do that like how how dare you <laughs> that kind of a voice it's like I don't really deserve to do that it's almost like I put creative people on a pedestal maybe um but I think um you know when I read the artist's way the book um it really the the, the concept of the shadow artist really spoke to me and I think that's something that I have experienced 
Can you explain more about that for people who don't know? Yeah, yeah. So I think um, so, so what I know about the concept of the shadow artist is that these are people who have that energy, that urge uh, to create, desire to create and share with the world. But for some various reasons, they feel very stuck in it. Um, so they think that if they create something and put it out there, something bad will happen to them or that they don't deserve to feel the happiness from creating um, or they I think they give like multiple examples like you know my marriage is gonna be ruined I'm gonna be drunk you know I'm gonna be depressed like all these uh, bad ideas that I think we heard maybe when we were growing up and somehow it then became a very big blocker uh, in our lives so we can't really create and you know feel happy from that it's all rather dramatic isn't it <laughs> it is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I have to laugh sometimes because it's very real. I mean, what you're describing is very real, you know, that yeah. it, and you know, it has so much to do with the story and the narrative you're given as a young person. Um, and you've shared with me just a little bit about that too. Um, some of the stories that your family, you know, gave you and uh, imagined for you in terms of your future. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes drama, like the, the actual act of just like creating and making and expressing becomes wrought. And mm -hmm. in actuality, it might just be play and joy and curiosity. Exactly. Um, but we have to yeah. be able to venture our way into that, uh, sometimes tiptoe our way into that. And I do want to mm -hmm. express to you that I admire that you seem like you're constantly tiptoeing and I love it. But what I've also observed is over the last four months that you've taken a leap and it wasn't a tiptoe. And I want to share something with you that we can totally cut out of this if okay. you ask me to. Sure. But I want to give you just a little bit of context about you over the arc of this program, okay? So I'm gonna share with you um, this here. It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the bashful king composing, hallelujah. Okay, so I wanna start by saying, that sounds so beautiful, so good. But that's about halfway through the program, maybe three quarters of the way through the program. And then what happens next? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth. Keep going. The minor fall, the major lift, the baffle king composing, hallelujah. <laughs> Wow. Oh my God. Do you hear that? Do you see that? Amazing. What a difference. What a wow. difference. That's quite incredible when you put those two things side by side. Yeah. What's your reaction to hearing that? Uh, they feel like different people. <laughs> like, I don't know, just uh, everything about them. Um, I don't know. I think there's like a little bit of like this, you know, the tension, the silence uh, in the first video. Um, and then the second person, I guess she's Mary. She feels freer and like there's less fear, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. And, and you can fear. hear that, right? Mm -hmm. That's what's mm -hmm. remarkable about it. You know, I was thinking as I was like putting those two little clips to show you, I was thinking like, what is like, what did, <laughs> what did I offer that made a difference in that? Well, mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, technically speaking, you're just kind of singing out on the second one. You know, mm -hmm. and you have more context around what it is that you're doing. And so if I think back into you saying about the national anthem, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't true that you couldn't belt. You just hadn't had the experience to know that it was possible. You weren't practiced at it. Mm -hmm. um, but just over that short period of time, over that few weeks, just practicing it and with me cheerleading you on, you were able to do that. And just for the record, for people who are listening, that second clip was from our group coaching session where I was coaching Mary in front of the entire group. So you did that in front of all the people that were part of our group. So not only did you find out that you could do it, you did it in a performative way. You did it in front of others, which is really remarkable and really impressive. And I hope that you hear that as a, not a, a baby step, but a leap, like a significant leap. And so I want you to know that I'm so proud of you to be able Thank to hear you. and see and witness that transformation. And yeah. I hope that I hope that it feels like the start of something else too. Um, 
so tell us just a little bit about what your experience was going through. So we were together um, for eight sessions total and there was sort of an arc and we were with an incredible, beautiful group of people. Um, but just, just share a little bit about your experience of going through for your voice for your life. Sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, right off the bat, what I really loved about the program was how vulnerable people were. I think from the very beginning, people were really sharing, you know, uh, what they were going through, the fact that they felt stuck in their voices, the fears that they had. And I think, you know, it felt really good to just realize that I was not alone in that struggle. So there was definitely like that sense of community that was created from the very beginning. Um, and, you know, a lot of the WhatsApp chats were really inspiring for me as well. Like people were sharing even more in that, you know, just, you know, uh, for example, I guess I would have mentioned like a specific name, but somebody shared how like, you know, they felt stuck. And then somehow during the course of this program, they quit their job and, you know, yeah. they want to do this full time. Like, you know, it's like very similar feeling that I had and, you know, something that I experienced when I left my past job. Um, so I just felt like we were doing this together and I saw also a lot of difference in how people change uh, in their voices and how they come across, how they present themselves. Um, so it felt like a really transformational program. Yeah. yeah. Experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. when we got the job quit announcement, I was like, Whoa, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's thrilling. It's thrilling. It's, it's just, it's this is the beauty of group work is it's like mm. you get to bear witness to other people's um, journey, which inevitably inspires yours. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's you can't help but watch someone else do what they're doing and go, could I do that? Am I able to do that? Can I step into that? And that's one of the things I like, you know, just like playing those two clip, clips of you singing. The group got to witness mm. that like they heard you where you were coming from and they heard you where you are now. And I want you to know like that you were equally inspiring to them as they were to you. I mean, you can't help but be mm. like your act of taking the leap um, is inspiring. And you felt the same way about others. And, you know, me as the coach, as the person in charge, as the ringleader, I feel the same way. It's like, and that's, you know, that's a, a important to me in the work that I do, that I'm working with people that, like you said, that are going to show up with vulnerability, that are going mm. to be ready and willing to take the steps that they're able to at this point in their life. And, yeah. and that's why I call it for your voice for your life, because we're using singing as the catalyst for change. And mm -hmm. yeah, we got to see it. It was so cool. Yeah. It was really cool. I mean, people like people who just didn't know. Well, I will say too, what was fascinating is we had a, such a wide a range of experience mm -hmm. and, um, you know, people who just like didn't have any sense of what their voice was capable of, but then also folks who had quite a good sense of their voice, but are trying to break into that next sort of level of freedom, that next level mm -hmm. of ease. And, uh, and it, it was just really cool to see that you could sit with someone who's a lot more experienced or a lot less experienced and still mm -hmm. take away a lot of useful True. information for yourself you don't need someone to be exactly where you are mm -hmm. to still be able to relate to their experience which was really right cool. right and yeah we all got to sing in front of other people which is something that probably not a lot of us do on a regular basis and yep. also like personally I got to you know reach out to a friend that I hadn't talked to in many years and like you know we <laughs> kind of became friends again and like we used to do music together and I think one day I felt like really inspired to reach out to him and just like you know build that bridge again so that was another like really big moment for me as well that's yeah. awesome and that was like just that inspiration came from the energy of yeah what, of what what would you attribute it to I think just you know the fact that I was working with my voice you know singing you know in a group it kind of reminded me of like you know I think what I used to do you know in a group with him as you know part mm. of the group and I, re I realized that I missed you know being with you know that group of people who also love music and singing great yeah i love yeah. it beautiful yeah. so i guess now i just want to open this up to you to like see what's at the top of your mind like how do you take this 
you know, move forward? And then what questions does it raise for you? And I, mm-hmm. I you know, just for the listener's sake, I was like, let's do kind of like an AMA, like ask me anything right. and let's just see where the conversation takes us. Cause now we have a shared language and we have a shared experience and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So what's at the top of your mind? Sure. Yeah. So you know, during our one-on-one session, which is also part of the program, um, we talked about, you know, my dream and like how maybe the, the fact that I feel fatigued by the dream, which is like to have more creativity, basically be the center of my life, um, was because I didn't have any like, you know, specific goals, maybe that was something that was brought up. And um, so yesterday, actually, I got to kind of like, just, you know, sit on my desk with pen and paper and just kind of write down some goals. Um, So that felt really (laughs) like a big moment for me. Um, So yeah, I'm just kind of thinking a lot about that. Like, how can I find more freedom moving forward? Um, So yeah, that's definitely something that I'm thinking about a lot. But yeah, yeah, just to riff off that a little bit more, you know, the idea is, is that a lot of times we, so we want our life to be different than it is. Mm. And we want change and we want more creativity and we want to sing and we want to be heard and we want to maybe be on a stage. But if we're not laying claim to the specific elements, uh, it's a lot less likely that it'll happen. And quite honestly, it's easier to sit around and loathe your current situation without a clear path. Now, the thing that's so paradoxical and so wonderful about this is it's not actually about achieving those goals. It's about the energy of those goals. Um, And so I have no, you know, I call this aspiration without attachment. Like I have no, you could write down a really aspirational list, an inspirational list for me. Um, But what I want for you is not to necessarily achieve all of those things. I'm going to assume that if you follow the energy of the universe uh, and if you follow the energy that is within your ability to create, that the the things that will need to show up will show up and they'll be inspired by your aspiration. And so it's a paradox. It's tricky to hang on to both of those truths at once, but you have to name what you want and you have to be specific about it so as to gather momentum and energy. You can't want loosely for more creativity and expect to create change because you need the momentum of action. Mm -hmm. You know, you need the momentum of action. And so if you say to yourself within the next year, I want to be on a stage, uh, that is so beautiful and so concrete and, and so achievable too. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you say within the next five years, I want to be on the stage in front of thousands of people, you know, that, that is certainly within your capabilities, certainly within the possibility, um, if you name it, if you're willing to commit to it. And if you don't attach to any specific way of it showing up, but you allow for it to show up with the energy and the momentum and the intention that you give it. Mm -hmm. So I see this for you. I see it. Thank you. Yeah. You know, speaking of attaching with, well, I guess like aspiring without attachment, I think like I did a little bit of writing on this a couple of days ago, but I think like, you know, when I was trying to like become a lawyer, I, it was a lot of attachment. I think the reasons, you know, the motivations behind it were very like <laughs> bad. I think I want, I cared a lot about what other people think of me. I wanted to look smart, look wealthy or whatever in, in the eyes of other people. And I think, you know, it took me many years to learn that, you know, it was a dream but it was not, I don't know, a good dream, I guess, because of all the wrong reasons. Um, so yeah, I guess kind of segueing into one of the questions that I had, um, I wrote, perhaps on the other side of being stuck in our voices is when we share our voices so excessively that we silence other people or we use our voices to fuel our own egos, which mm. I think is what I was doing with my lawyer dream. So how can we find a healthy balance between those two? <laughs> you know what you you would ask that question <laughs> look i think that's a beautiful question i yeah but i think that that's a question instead of another question um mm. because i know enough from the conversations that we've had that it's a concern of yours to take up too much space 
Mm. It's a concern of yours to be too loud. You know, like, look, you just started belting. So what's the rational brain want to do? It wants to go, well, what if it's too much? Are you wow. being too much? Are you being too loud? You know, there's also a, a codependence that comes mm. with that kind of question. So it's it's sort of, I mean, it's certainly, again, I love your spirit, Mary, and I love your thoughtfulness, and I love like the nature of compassion in it. But there's also um, behind that question, still a caring what others think because you don't trust them to behave how they need to for themselves. So here's the beauty of our lives. You get to be too much and I get to tell you you're too much. <laughs> wow. It's that it's that simple. I get to go, hey, it's too much. And don't get me wrong, you know, as someone who has been too much in the past in, ter in terms of vocals. So I, you mm -hmm. know, singing wise, I naturally have a big voice. I'm in a big body. I'm six feet, three inches tall. Um, I've, you know, have cultivated a resonant sound since a very young age. Um, it can be hard for me to blend with others. It can be mm -hmm. difficult for me. In fact, um, a teacher that I'm very fond of that I've worked with in improvisational singing named Rhiannon, you know, she's called me out on it in workshops before and said, hey, you know, I can hear you over everyone else. That's not the point of this exercise, wow. right? So yeah. blending is absolutely a skill for someone like me to continue to develop and cultivate and, and know about myself. Um, the, what I know about you at this juncture in your life, I don't suspect that that's something that you need as much spend energy on and worry about. I think that you're probably being called into um, seeing what too much even is. I suspect you don't know. <laughs> you know, so maybe your goal is to have someone like me go, Hey, Mary, <laughs> take a step back with this. Yeah. You might not need to, you might not need to be so much. And you can say, great. Now I know I've bumped up against that edge. Yeah. Um, there are so many cultural narratives. There are so many gendered narratives. There are so many pieces that play into this. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering of me saying that, are you sensitive to what it is that I'm saying? No. I, I think, I don't know why, but I think I just felt like started to feel a little emotional as soon as you started answering my non-question. I don't know why. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Maybe I've heard that, um, that I was too much, um, in some places and maybe that, you know, just kind of reminded that. Have you heard it? I think so. Yeah. Explicitly? Yeah. Mm, maybe not in my voice actually I was really loud when I was like so I think my teacher said that I was uh I don't know maybe not too much but like really loud um but maybe from my parents maybe from my friends um I think I have been quote-unquote too much in some situations yeah 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 and, and that's very real in terms of that I I would invite you and I'm not questioning what it is that you're saying but I'd invite you to ask yourself or maybe even journal about have people explicitly said that to you or mm -hmm. has it have you seen it implicit in the situations so a lot of times when people are different when people are um, take different risks when people are willing to be seen heard differently um, the situation has within it an implication that that's too much and as kids, as children, we're very sensitive to this. So we get the message just a couple of times. You know, my, my famous story is that when I was in, I think it was first grade, um, my uh, teacher told my mom that when all the other kids were using <laughs> their outdoor voices, I needed to use my indoor voice. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. You know, so, so like six years old you know, being told like, whoa, buddy, like that's enough, you know? Um, and so we take those messages to heart. So that was a very explicit way of being told. But so then, then we tend to um, superimpose that narrative on other situations in our life. Um, and it's worth exploring where the explicit information is coming from or where we're, where we believe it has been implied. And then the inquiry goes even deeper. Is it true? 
Like if you really reflect back on that, if you think about being true to who you are, how it is that you want to be in the world, how it is that you want to show up, is that true? It might be true relative to the other person, but again, in the spirit of codependence, you know, you don't need them to, you know, and this is a beautiful part of adulting too in our family relationships is like we would love, love, love for our parents to love everything that we do. But part of individuating, part of becoming an adult is stepping away from those narratives, those expectations, those mm -hmm. culturally appropriate sounds and starting to step into the sounds that uh, really make us feel authentically and truly ourselves and then allow them to respond to it however it is that they might. Of course, that is scary as hell because it bumps us up against the possibility of risking rejection. And we don't want that from the people that we love. But then it begs the question around what is love? Um, and who are the people that we're keeping close to us? And who are the people that we want um, to stay close to us and support us? When we get loud, when we get weird, when we get creative, when we get playful, um, sometimes there are certain relationships, and I'm not I'm definitely not saying this about, you know, your closest familial relationships, but there are other types of relationships that can fall away and in their place um, come new relationships that are more aligned with where it is that you are right now. Uh, mm -hmm. And that is an incredible way in which the universe affirms you. Other people like me right now come up and go, actually, I don't think you're being too much. I think you could be a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, one thing that I also, I think, learned maybe from you or from the program was that we have sometimes these old narratives and it is completely possible to change that, to let it go. Um, and the fact that I heard these voices, you know, telling me that I'm too much, they were when I was younger and it's been so many decades since I heard those. So why do I let that still affect me? Why can't, you know, how about me just like letting that go, letting go of that story that I tell myself? Cause I think it shows up even, I don't know, in my relationships or even at work. I think I always constantly worry that I'm too much or that I'm saying the wrong things. And yeah, I think it's kind of interesting to think about how much it affects me. Well, there are so many people listening to you right now going, yeah, me too. Totally. Me too. Here's the thing. I love what you just said about it being possible to change those stories, change those narratives. And it is. It's 100% possible. You, develop, you developed protective mechanisms based on the experiences that happened to you when you were young and your perception of the experience. This is the thing about the voice. Everyone always has a story where someone told them they sounded bad or they shouldn't sing or they're out of tune or, you know, they need to be quiet or everyone, even the most famous singers I've ever worked with. Everyone's got a story like that. And usually those stories are um, imprinted in their DNA. <laughs> like it becomes very ingrained in who they know themselves to be and very informative as to how it is that they've moved forward. And so what happens is if you get that story, you get that narrative, you start to develop protective mechanisms, you start to read the room differently, you look for safety, you look for spaces that feel like, you know, it's more or less acceptable to be who it is that you feel like you naturally are, and you start to orient your life. And that can propel you into communities that really support you, that can help you continue to pursue you know, being around people that are inspirational and creative and doing programs that push you. But it also can inhibit how it is that you're able to show up in the world and how it is that you're willing to be with others. And there comes a point in time through self-reflection um, where you start to notice that and you go, that might not be true anymore. Like that might not actually be true. And look, this mechanism that I developed, this shrinking, this constricting, this contracting, this, you know, turtle going into its shell way of being, it's not serving my current situation. And so I have to, at some point, take ownership over. I either keep replaying that old story, that old narrative, that old way of being, that old way of thinking, or I practice something new. And we do this two ways. First and foremost, in our body. That's why I love singing. 
So you in that second clip, letting her rip, are practicing a new way of being. Just by making that sound, just by vibrating your being, just by taking that breath, just by lifting up your arms, just by smiling with your face, you're practicing a new way of being in this world. You suddenly know more about who it is that you are. You suddenly step out of the shell. Maybe you stop wearing the shell completely. And it feels great, right? Yeah. <laughs> it feels <yes>. great. <laughs> but then the next day, you try it again and you go, where did it go? I felt so good, but now I'm back in the same habit. I'm in the same pattern. I didn't speak up. I wasn't willing to be heard. I was so scared that my neighbors were going to hear me when I sang that I just didn't sing. And so what do you have to do? You practice stepping back into it. So it's twofold, first and foremost in the body, but then also this process with the mind, recognizing the story, recognizing the narrative, recognizing the situation, recognizing the thought pattern, catching yourself in the thought pattern and going, there's little Mary trying to take care of herself. There's little Mary trying to protect herself from feeling like an outsider. And you know what? I got you, little Mary. I got you. Like you're not living like that anymore. <laughs> We're living a whole free life that you've chosen. And so we can think differently. So I can see the thought I can notice the thought, and obviously you know this about me, that that is best cultivated through meditation. You can see the thought, you can notice the thought, and then you can start to change the thought. And you can yeah. choose it. You can choose it. Like that, when I learned that in my life, I mean, mind blown. That I'm not <laughs> a victim to my thoughts. First of all, that your thoughts aren't always true, true. and that they don't have to determine your action. And they certainly don't determine most outcome that we predict. Mm -hmm. That's super yeah. empowering because suddenly you vanish into something completely new. The old you is new and you practice it over and over and over again. And over mm -hmm. some time, maybe a few years, you step into a whole mm -hmm. new version of yourself. Yeah. And that's when I you're ready to sing on the stage. <laughs> right. suddenly the suddenly the situation pops up suddenly the experience pops up and you're like why is this happening now because you're ready yeah i think that's that's really beautiful i think yeah and throughout this program it jolted a lot of my old memories i think and um one thing that i started to think about like in the middle of the program was like how when i was little there was a like a family secret that I was told to be silent about. Yeah. And I was just, why is this coming up? Why am I thinking about this? And I think that was probably because, you know, I was trying to think about where and when I was maybe silenced or told to be quiet. And yeah. it's, uh, it was really surprising. Um, and uh, I'm sure that it also, you know, affected maybe how I show up in the world as well. Um, and another question I had related to that was, I thought it was interesting that you also talked about like race when it comes to my lived experience affecting my voice and my ability to take space. And it, that also resonated with me a lot. Um, so and it, it was something that I had never thought about before in terms of that connection of, you know, my experience as a, you know, a minority affecting my singing. So I was wondering if you could also talk more about how being maybe a racial or other form of minority can affect our vocal freedom. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a really rich topic and a really beautiful topic. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's as simple as, well, it's, it's, it is as simple as any sort of cultural norm, cultural narrative, cultural expectation, you know, um, and that shows up, you know, and this is what I was kind of saying earlier about like, there are gendered expectations, mm -hmm. gendered norms around the voice, you know, um, there's a reason women are called to this kind of work often, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there's a reason that queer people uh, show up and want to sing often, <laughs> myself included, you know, there's a reason that, um, that children of immigrants uh, at later points in life want to return to creative 
endeavors. Mm. You know, so maybe you can speak a little bit to your experience with that regard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, I moved to the U.S. when I was 12. Um, and obviously I had like lived, I had never lived, um, you know, among people that look, I guess, very different from me. Uh, <laughs> so I think that, you know, it's like something that I'm always, I think, conscious about. I think I think about my race, like, or what I look like on the outside, like wherever I go, even if I'm just walking down the street, um, you know, what are people thinking? Uh, do they think that I'm a foreigner because I look like this, you know, even though I've lived here most of my life at this yeah. point. Um, and it's like uh, this like otherness that I think can be really alienating. And I think when you're an other, it's even more dangerous for you to be too much, right? Yes. Because then there's, I think, higher risks. You are already like an outsider. Do you want to be even more of an outsider? Totally. Um. Yeah. So I think that was super interesting. I never had yeah, thought about that connection, but um, it does make me want to be, yeah, I kind of think about that a little more and um, not let it affect my voice. I belong here um no matter you know what some people may think and yes. it's okay for me to sing and make that you know voice um come through yeah i mean look all like everyone's gonna reflect on these sort of labels differently in terms of how they affect you know the use of their voice or even just like how it is that they see themselves in you know the current world um, but you're right that when you feel like the other, that there is, uh, often a pattern of protection that gets wrapped up in shrinking oneself or trying to blend in. I mean, this goes back to your first question. If I feel yeah. like an outsider, I'm going to do everything in my power to try to blend in, you know, or sometimes the opposite. I mean, I kind of represent the opposite where when I was a kid, like I knew or when I was a teen, especially like I knew I was gay and I knew that I could get affirmation by being on the stage. Mm -hmm. And so in some ways being on the stage was hiding for me wow. because if I could wow you with my talent, if I could wow you with my ability to just perform, then you would maybe not notice the fact that I was actually, you know, an outsider, different, mm -hmm. you know, unacceptable uh, in the community. And so it shows up very differently for different people. But the, you know, the point is, is for you to notice the bullshit. <laughs> and like you just said, I belong here. Of course I belong here, you know. And look, they're always assholes. Like they're always, you know, people who are going to behave poorly and think poorly and you know respond poorly to who you are as a person um and at some point again we have to ask ourselves are we going to make choices based on what those folks think or are we going to make choices on you know what the people that love me think and the people that are lifting me up and what it is that makes me feel good because here's here's the ultimate truth is that the thing that makes you the most different is actually going to be a thing that makes you the most interesting as an artist so and that is always true across the board it is never not true that when you show up when you are allowing yourself to be just the Mary of the Mariness, like the most Mary you could possibly be, you know, yeah. in all of your beautiful glory, just exactly how you are born, exactly where you're born, living exactly where you're living now. Um, then you just bring something so unique and wonderful to the table that people are really going to be drawn. The right people are really going to be drawn to it. They're going to be so stoked. And for others who have felt the exact same way, when they see you behaving differently, they're going to go, Oh, that's possible for me. Boy, she's wild. How'd she get to be so wild? I kind of want to be wild. Now they also might, you know, again, respond to that with some trepidation at first because it's outside of their norm. Um, but I think ultimately it's like the gift that you give because you give other people permission to step into uh, a similar path, um, but maybe landing on freedom more quickly than what you were able to, you know, you're sort of paving a road uh, for them in that. 
So this is really rich, complicated stuff. And, and I would love to hear, you know, maybe we could do another podcast about this as you think and write more about it. But yeah, how does your racial experience or racial identity, your identity as someone who immigrated at a young age, um, how does that impact the cultural norms and narratives you have around your voice? What does it mean for what your parents' expectations were of you? You know, from a professional standpoint, what does it mean for how it is that you're able to make choices around pursuing creativity? It's all um, really, those are really important questions and they're not uncommon questions. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, and yeah, another question I had for you was whether, what kind of, you know, what kind of patterns or similarities do you see in people who feel stuck in their voices? I, that was actually the first question that came to me. And I think you mentioned a little bit, you know, like there are some people who come to you maybe for that um, briefly before, but, um, you know, I would like examples could be like perfectionism. Do you see perfectionism in these people? Is that a common thing or is it lack of formal training? Yeah, I was wondering if you could kind of talk to me about, yeah, whether you see any patterns or maybe it's all different. Yeah, there are many, many patterns and anyone I, you know, I think anyone that does like coaching or therapy or you start to go, oh, I've heard this story before. I've heard this story before. <laughs> and the beauty of that is, is that that, you know, now I have, um, you know, over 20 years experience doing this. And so the beauty of it is, is I can cut through um some of the things that I needed to learn in the past. And now I can move, get to the core of the matter more quickly. I feel really empowered in that way because I'm able to name some things for people that they maybe haven't named for themselves. Um, but let, well, here's a, here's a common story. Someone who <laughs> is worried about taking up too much space and being too loud also doesn't believe that they have a chest voice or are able to build. <laughs> <laughs> right oh the archetype yeah 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 i mean it's like and how You've many of those, before. yeah well you yeah. just heard it in our course <laughs> yeah. you heard a lot of people you know with the exact same story um or the opposite to be true someone who is always fatigued in their voice and maybe has had vocal injury and is just so loud when they speak all the time and it's constantly operating at a 10. And when I try to get them to make a sound in their head voice, their throat closes up completely. Wow. You know, so these are, uh, when whenever you find someone in sort of a extreme pattern of being in the world, that is genu generally reflected in their voice and the way in which they're able to make sound. Now, you know, and, and listeners to the podcast know that the basic fundamental idea about this is around head voice and chest voice. And actually, if you don't know this and you go to javinyoungsvoice.com, I have um, five uh, free videos that you can sign up for that will educate you on register, 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 which is the first essential uh, with regards to your voice. That's for free at davinyoungsvoice.com. But thinking about, and, I, and I, I've offered this to you, I think maybe you've heard me say this before, thinking about head voice and chest voice is yin and yang. Mm. So we're always out of balance, right? Like we're never the perfect balance of yin and yang in our life. We're, and it depends. There are some times in our life where we need to be out of a balance to uh, achieve or accomplish something. There are seasons where we really got to touch back into our softer selves, into our um, receiving self. And then there are times where we really need to touch into our creating self, our making self, our go-getter self. And we might be prone more to one than the other. So it feels easier. But generally, there's a corresponding element with the voice. The voice, actually, I would not say generally, always. <laughs> I've never experienced, <laughs> I've never experienced <laughs> someone whose voice story doesn't reflect how I observe them to be in their personality. Wow. And I, of course, have been wrong about people's personalities. People, you know, uh, can surprise me. But almost always the way I experience you as a person um, is also how you sing. Mm, wow. Which is why, you know, after teaching voice lessons in a very straight ahead manner for a number of years, I was like, this isn't the work that I want to be doing. Like, I can't talk about your voice unless I talk about what's going on in your life. Like, it's just inseparable in my mind. Like, I can't 
do the work that I want to do. In fact, I would argue that you won't be able to do the work that you want to do unless you're willing to uh, address these matters as well. You know what you said about the childhood secret, like that is so normal for something like that to come up mm -hmm. because you're starting to literally vibrate your physical being in a different way. And you're literally shaking things loose that have been stuck. And when you shake your body and when you vibrate your body, and when things come loose, it triggers a connection to an emotional response. It triggers a connection to an emotional memory. And suddenly you're back there and you're that child. And, you know, you remember being told you have to keep this a secret. If you don't keep this a secret, something very bad will happen. And you know in your body that feeling. And you know what it is to carry that feeling around. Even though you had forgotten. You've forgotten you were carrying it. You That's covered true. it with a veil. You know, you put a cloth over it and set it aside and pretended like it wasn't there. And then suddenly you sing. And suddenly it shakes it all loose. And you go, what the hell is this? Like, why do I? I don't want to deal with this right now. I just want to put that back, you know, and suddenly you go, do I have to tell someone about this? And that's the inspired action that really creates change. Suddenly real change starts to happen in your life because you start to ask yourself, like, what action do I have to take to let go? If you want to get free in any capacity, you have to be free. You have to behave differently in people. You know, uh, this goes back to our conversation earlier of you wanting creativity, but not changing anything in your life. That's so common. We all do it. And you won't change until you're ready to change. But if you want to be free, you have to behave differently. You have to change your actions. You have to make the sound. The only way to know the sound is to make the sound. You have to make it. And when you do, something unprecedented will happen. Something unexpected will happen. Something you never could have predicted will happen. And it will surprise you and you'll go, oh, this feels nice. Like this was hard, but it feels better. Like I feel better. I'm going to keep going in this direction. Yeah. What really struck me, actually, I guess, during our one-on-one -on -one session was that you started the session by asking me about my life. You didn't just go straight into, let's practice your chest voice, let's practice your head voice, let's do the exercises. And that, I think, was, yeah, very unexpected. But I think after just hearing you say that, it makes a lot of sense. I guess our singing and our voice is so closely connected to our life that it's impossible to maybe change our voice um, unless we think about it and reflect on our life and maybe there are some blockers that we can remove. So it's like almost like a circle. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's absolutely true. And look, there's an intuition that we all have and, um, and we cultivate over time. And so part of me um, asking you about your life is getting to follow my intuition around the direction that we need to go. Uh, and, you know, listen to my little spiritual guides that point me in whatever direction it's like. And from there, we co-create. So from there, I've invited you into a relationship. I feel like I can guide us. I have the flashlight down the dark path and we co-create. We figure out where it is that we are going to go together. And ultimately, you end up really surprised as to where we've gone because you've not been there before. But you've come to me because I've been there before. And I go, I think I know where we're going. Follow me. Let's go. And you go, I've never been here before. I can't believe this. <laughs> and so then, you know, as a result, you walk away and you go, I went down a different path. I wonder if I could do that again. Mm -hmm. And so in between the time together, you try to go down there with yourself and you go, it's dark down here. <laughs> it's real dark. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I also, you know, there's also just we talked a lot about the nervous system in yeah. our um, work together. And I mean, they're just all of these sort of subtle ways in which I'm attempting to put you in a space that feels safe to co-create, to come down mm -hmm. the path with me. And um, I've not magically landed in a safe space with another 
human being without some sort of conversation <laughs> you know i need to know I like i need to know mm -hmm. something so it's 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 a necessary part of connection and it forms relationship and as part of relationship you can more quickly make your way to change mm -hmm. what drives you to do this work that was another question i had uh what why do you want us to find freedom in our voice and in our lives yeah, I really appreciate that question. And it's so simple. It's just because it feels so good. Like, you know, this conversation with you playing that video for you playing that, you know, the two versions of yourself singing. Mm -hmm. I mean, how could that not be inspiring to someone? Mm -hmm. So that also inspires me. And I, that's addicting. In the best sense, like if I'm addicted to helping people you know, find healing and transformation in their lives, like I will own that addiction because I want more <laughs> of it. Because here's what it does. It makes my heart bigger. Like my heart just grows. And then I believe there's like an electromagnetic force to my heart. And I'm just going to draw more and more people like you into my life. And my sort of energy sphere is going to expand. And there's just gonna be so much more love and freedom and, and singing and joy and play. And so I just can't help but keep doing that. And then you know what happens? My voice gets freer. I get clear with my words. I say things I've never said before. I land in um, a direction or a path that I couldn't have even imagined for myself. Um, so this is a it is not selfless. You know, this is very much about me <laughs> because when I fully step into myself, what I've learned is that I am in best service. So it is only there that I can find my best service to you and to others that I come across. Mm -hmm. So it's an exchange. It's an energetic exchange. Mm. Love that. Yeah. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm feeling it right now too, right? Don't you kind yeah. of feel it right now in the conversation? Like, yeah, like your heart swells a little bit. Yeah, for sure. What were you going to say? Um, yeah, I was just going to say, this was also your first time doing this particular program. Yeah. So I was also curious what you enjoyed the most out of it. Were you surprised by anything? Did you notice anything unexpected from your experience? Yeah, I loved it. Um, Okay, so I have not done group coaching for a very specific reason. It is because everyone has unique idiosyncrasies about their voice. Mm -hmm. And I have not known how to deal with that in a group space that felt like it was ultimately productive. So as much as there are archetypes, as much as there are stories, how you experience your voice and your body is unique to you. And um, I, could, I actually could never know how you experience your voice and your body. Um, I can know more about it when we're, you tell me about it. <laughs> sure. You know, and then based on my experience of my voice and my body, but I, I can't know your voice and your body. So I've always been really hesitant. But I realized that there was a layer up from that that was really profound and useful to bring people into. And this is, I see the group coaching as an invitation to deeper self-work. And I think I did a good job of inviting people into a lot of different modalities and a lot of different ways of thinking and seeing around their voice so that they will pursue getting to know the idiosyncrasies of their voice. I think that we all learned a lot along the way about the specifics, but, um, you know, like in, like in your one-to-one -one session, some of the stuff you thought you were maybe practicing on your own was different when we did one-to-one. -one. So, so yeah. this is sort of an invitation. Uh, you know, obviously I'm one person, I can't work one-to-one -one with everyone. So I'm still sorting out how to give this to people in the best way possible. But I do, I've landed on a less perfectionist standpoint from my mm -hmm. angle. And like, I just want to invite people in. I want to invite people in. I cannot pave the path specifically for everyone. 
And, you know, people will walk away from this program. Some will walk away and they'll really dive into some new practices. Some will walk away and they'll never touch this stuff again. And that is okay with me. However, it was that I was able to influence and lead them down the path and invite them into my world of, you know, the gospel of the singing voice, uh, you know, that I'm really grateful for that opportunity and am going to continue to do that in this sort of format. Um, but I just needed to get my little feet wet and know that it was going to be actually I have really big feet just for the record, yeah. <laughs> uh, get my big feet wet and, uh, to see what was possible. And yeah. again, I, I just like, we all walked away with bigger hearts, I think, mm -hmm. which was awesome. And okay. I know everyone, I know everyone sang in a way that they didn't know before that they could sing. And if yeah. I do those two things, then I feel like I've done my job and the rest is up to y'all mm -hmm. to keep pursuing it. Awesome. Okay. So I have one last question for you, which is, what is your vision for this program in the future? Who do you think will benefit the most from for your voice for your life in the next cohort? I mean, it seems like I paid you or something. <laughs> <laughs> these questions were not, I did not know these questions. I really actually, I'm so grateful you're setting me up. It's like you're like we're on a basketball team and you're giving me an alley-oop. I'll take it. Uh, all right. Thank you for that, Mary. Um, okay, so my my vision is like that this invitation continues to grow into more concrete paths that are um, just supported by the work that I'm trying to do. Um, the people that I think benefit from, I think people who will benefit from working with me in general are people that have some familiarity with singing. Mm -hmm. So I, I want everyone to enjoy their voice, but, if you are a complete beginner and you're afraid to make a sound in front of everyone, uh, this might not be your best place to start. Like get some really basic voice lessons, like mm -hmm. go to the local community music school and just get practice or join a choir, join an improvisational singing group, do something where you start to get used to using your voice for another person to hear it. Post videos of yourself online, whatever. But once you've tackled that tiny little step, which feels huge to you right now, but it's actually tiny, then come do some work with me. Because if you can regulate your nervous system a little bit, if you can let your you know voice make sounds that you didn't know that it could make, um, we can take you to the moon. You know, the sky is yeah. the limit. But it doesn't have to be anyone who sees themselves as a singer per se, like a professional singer or anything like that. This is just for someone who likes to sing, enjoys singing. But what I found is that people who like to sing generally at some point in their life have considered themselves a singer. They sang choir when they were a kid. They sang in the high school musical. They sang one time at church. They did something where they were like, oh yeah, this is kind of the most me I've ever felt. And I don't know how to say that, you know, I, it, that you might be an attorney, you might be um, <laughs> a gymnast, you might be a hockey coach, you might be a stay at home mom, you might be uh, an out of work actor, I don't know. I don't know who you are, but there's something in you that calls you to pursue this because you know that it's going to be the path to create change in your life. And, you know, you might be a professional musician. I work with professional musicians too, who are at a very high level, who we're doing the same work. This is about your mindset. This is about your body. This is about your nervous system. This is about being able to be on stage and show up as completely as yourself as possible. This isn't just for um, someone who's at a certain level. This is for all people who are having the human experience, who are ready to use their voice in that way. And so if you are that person um, stay on the lookout because I'm about to announce the next cohort of Free Your Voice, Free Your Life. And uh, I really want, want you to be a part of it. Like I want to um, keep helping people grow. I am going to play around with our format. I learned a lot about like the format a little bit. And um, yeah, I'm just learning. I'm just going to not be afraid to change things up and 
see what what works um the thing i you know the thing that i've loved like the zoom thing works really well yeah right am i like surprisingly yeah yeah i i this is like the gift of the pandemic but i've been doing most of my coaching my one-to-one coaching on zoom which i don't like you know it i'm not i don't care but it's allowed me to work with people all over the world and Mm -hmm. You know, our our cohort was from coast to coast, very literally. And um, we were people that would not necessarily meet each other in person. And that was so beautiful. And we got to hear everyone's voice. And the other thing I like about Zoom is the convenience. So one of our members was like literally traveling internationally while right. they were a part of the program. So, so yeah. that kind of stuff is, it, I'm super stoked about what we can do virtually in that regard. So. Mary, you're the best. I <laughs> just have loved getting to know you and love that we will be in continued relationship with each other and yes. uh, really respect your thoughtfulness and your curiosity. And the reason I wanted to invite you into this conversation is because I knew you would ask questions like you just did, which were so thoughtful. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope that you'll continue to just pursue your freest expression that you can uncover and discover. Because I really, I know that it's, profound like I know that what's inside of you that longs to be outside is quite profound and your um your call is just to keep stepping into it so that when those opportunities when the next invitation to sing the national anthem (laughs) oh say can you you just like go for it you're like yes I'm a yes I'm gonna belt that shit out (laughs) oh I love that Thank you. All right, my friend. Until next time. See ya. Bye-bye.